Hello and welcome to the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is Jenny. Hello. We're both going to try very hard to not sniffle and sneeze <laughs> as our allergies are destroying us and both of us are tired. But we're, we're bringing the energy. Right? Or the fake energy, otherwise known as... This is when... This is when the conversations are going to get great, because one, we're just going to completely space off, or two, we're going to get heated in this conversation, so let's let's do this. <laughs> one or the other. We can't have both. It could be a mixture. That's true. We'll add some flavor to it. That's true. <laughs> uh, before we get into to this week's topic, real quick, we want to direct your attention, hopefully, to AtomicGeekdom.com. To find, uh, I'm assuming by the time this goes up, or later in the day, Jenny's visit to Paleyfest to yeah. to see the pilot for Lethal Weapon and talk to its stars and creators. So that'll be up, including, including, and including our uh, a great YouTube video with uh, the interviews attached. We didn't do just audio for you guys this time. Jenny spiffed this up with some video. So now get fancy. we're kind of professional or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so look for that. And then in the next week or so, look for her visit to Paley Fest with the Ash versus Evil Dead panel. Uh, that I cannot wait for. So that's going to be awesome. I am terrified and excited all at the same time. <laughs> it's going to be fine. You did fine. You did great with Lethal Weapon. and But it's Bruce freaking Campbell. Yeah, he's... He, oh, he, oh. My interview with... Uh, <laughs> see, I'm so tired. I can't remember names anymore. Uh, with <laughs> Michael Michael Rooker uh, was super intimidating, but I can, I've seen panels with Bruce Campbell, and he can be just as intimidating, but... I think he's more of uh, he's more if you play along and play play with him, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope so. His comic book panel, or his Comic Con panels are not the usual type of panels. He breaks it. He's like, we're not doing this question and answer crap. We're gonna have some fun. And well, here's here's where I'm nervous about it. So I saw him speak before the Ash vs. Evil Dead premiere last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he came out in front of the theater, and he was just ripping people up heart in the crowd yeah it's like and now i'm gonna be one-on-one with him so i plus if you know me he is up there in the omgs of my life so it's (laughs) it's exciting but i don't know if i'll be happy or terrified if he just rips me a new one do you know do you know who's gonna be there um i don't well we'll see but it's supposed to be the whole cast so so if it is, then we're set. But um, I'm really, really, really wanting Lucy Lawless to be there. Um, she is, let's see here. Give me two seconds and I will tell you who is on the roster. But this may change. So, sure. okay. So Bruce Campbell, Ray Santiago, who plays Pablo, Dana DeLorenzo, who plays Kelly, um, Ted Ramey, who's Chet, and then Lee Majors as Brock Williams. And then there's a moderator. Lee so Majors? Like Lee Majors. Oh, man. that's He's classic. He's total classic. Oh, that's I'm jealous now. Uh, I'm super jealous, even more than I was before. But yeah, uh, you said uh, which Raimi? Uh, Ted Raimi. That's Sam Raimi's brother. Yeah. Yeah, he's in all of his movies. Like, you know, you see him in every... He's uh, exactly. he, worked, he worked at the uh, Daily Planet. Or no, that would be 
uh, Superman. He worked on Daily Bugle in the Spider-Man movies. Um, and yeah, he's in, uh, what the, not the ring, the grudge. I remember that. Uh, yeah, he's, he's cool. I liked him. I also enjoyed him on, I think either Xena and or Hercules, if not both. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember which characters were on which shows, but yeah, if you get to talk to, uh, Dana DeLorenzo, just tell her Dave is in love with you, but not in a creepy, <laughs> not in, not in a creepy way. <laughs> oh, the guy that runs this site, you know, he's kind of stalker material nope, for you there. Nope, nope, <laughs> Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> you can tell Ray Santiago, aside from Ash, his character is my favorite. Oh, he's awesome. Except, you know, what's really funny is knowing he's Pablo, I just want to call him Pedro. Right. <laughs> just, just as an ongoing joke. So Pedro is, and just see if he corrects me. Yeah, I dare you. I dare you to call Bruce Campbell El Jefe. El Jefe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know, you know, he won't do it, but if you could ask him to, if he could, if we could ever get the soundbite of him saying shop smart, shop S smart, I might just die. <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right. That's enough talking about things that are going to happen in the future. We, we are in the present. Actually, before we get into the show again, I'm going to take care of business now instead of doing it at the end of the show. Uh, we have launched a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash atomic kingdom you spell patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash atomic kingdom and with that site you can uh, become a patron of the site and you can pledge as much money or as little money as you want but if you hit certain benchmarks you be you get little rewards so i'll break that down for you they're pretty quick five dollars or more a month you become a producer of the show and i list you as a producer at the end of each and every show uh, and that is instant geek cred right there. A producer of Atomic Kingdom. Who doesn't want to be that? <laughs> I should just start saying Patrick's name every time for all the hard work he's been doing with you. I know. Uh, he's, with, like a, he's an added-on member. Yeah, he's the unknown Atomic Kingdom cat, uh, crew member. He's uh, our grunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the three of us are, are the grunts of this website. Uh <laughs> Pledge $10 or more, and you get to decide what we talk about for the week. So you get to choose whatever topic you want, like, you know, what we're going to talk about topic tonight. And you also get to pick which hosts are on that show. So myself, Jenny, Shannon, Tom, JD, if we can ever you know, hog tie him down for a night. Uh, he is a very busy student, so that that's tough to do. Um, and even any of the Two Broke Geeks or Just Two Pals or, you know, one of our guests who are easy to get on the show uh not how, how do i sweet talk somebody listening right now <laughs> no to pay no. some money Don't. and go and just full-on flash gordon oh the 10 bucks is all they need to do <laughs> 10 bucks uh Come on, people. there you go 20 dollars or more per month uh gets you to be a guest on the show uh, on the Geek Out episode, you get to come on and geek out with us. We'll talk about all the headline news and play some games. And again, you get to choose your co-hosts. And that includes not me. You can say, I don't, we don't like that Dave guy. We want everybody else but him. And that's fine. I'll just be on the call silently recording the show. So uh, I'll be I'll be the silent producer of that episode. Um, but that's fine. Uh, absolutely. 20 bucks for that. $50 or more gets you a customized Atomic Geekdom t-shirt. Uh, which we're going to design very, very soon. You get to come on a topic show. You get to pick your co-hosts again, and you get to pick the topic of the week. 
And that means you're the boss. So you get to tell me to shut up. When I tell everybody else to shut up, you can tell me to shut up. Um, you know, you know it's I, fun. You also get to try to keep Tom in line when he's drunk on the phone. Oh, dude, Tom drunk is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Go back and listen to the last episode of Ringside Geeks. He is <laughs> obliterated. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's tough to hold the conversation with him, and, but it it gets to be kind of fun. Uh, otherwise annoying. But yes, please head over to patreon.com, <laughs> patreon.com slash Atomic Kingdom. Uh, also, for people that are patrons, we will post behind the scenes videos of us recording podcasts, getting the podcast set up, a little one on one, just little like almost FaceTime videos of you with, you know, one of each host. Maybe each month we'll do one of the hosts. Um, and just, you know, to tell you a little about themselves, you get to see their recording space if they're, uh, you know, comfortable enough to do that. Otherwise they'll just do a short little video, just saying who they are. You get to see them, see the face to the, the voice. And, uh, yeah. So it's just a little behind the scenes for the people that, uh, open up the wallet and help us out. Uh, you by no means have to do that. We just, you know, we're doing this for free. We're doing this for fun, but a little bit of money helps because we like to improve things and make things better and go places and provide you with awesome stuff. Uh, that you know we might not otherwise be able to do because we are just as broke, if not broker, than the two broke geeks. <laughs> so yeah, just another thing. I know the two broke geeks are doing it too, so you can find theirs as well. Um, but yeah, just uh, it would be great if you helped us out that way. And again, you get things for it as well. So all right, business is done tonight. We've wasted enough of your time. If you haven't, you know, pushed that podcast button where you jump ahead a couple seconds until I stop talking. Uh, and you can clearly tell that the tone has changed to something more relaxed and less business-like. Uh, we are going to talk CGI versus practical effects. The, <laughs> the movie debate that has destroyed families. Um, probably not, but, uh, it's something we have to deal with now because CGI seems to be the way to go, but it also seems like we have a, a a certain wave going through Hollywood where practical effects is the cooler thing to do right now. So uh, it seemed like a good idea. But what we're talking about is like CGI movies. Like the whole movie is CGI. Like you look at any of the prequel movies and nearly all of it is CGI. Um, well, I think, I think that that's a good lead-in because... Yeah, we're going through this phase now with like J.J. Abrams and all that where practical effects is cool again. And right. they're paying to have stunt doubles and, and all that. It's great. But I think it's because, you know, when you get a new toy, CGI was like one of those where it was a new toy. So they overused it. They didn't understand it was a tool. They just they overused it. And now they're starting to learn that they can go with both. And you're starting to see this good balance. Right. Star the last Star Wars was great. Well, I think there's a good balance that can be done where you don't use a green screen, you just add CGI to the background. Like, uh, I don't like using this, but I just recently saw a YouTube video of Fury Road without the special effects, and it's just not as gritty, not as bright. It's very it's it's darker, and you know you're you can't they add landscapes to the desert, you know some bigger rock formations and stuff when they're driving through stuff and it just adds a lot. But then you see a movie like, um, you know, something that does use practical effects and you look at it now, like jaws and it's like, well, Bruce, the shark you can clearly tell is not a real shark. 
when he's attacking people, but you know, when they get those, those stock footage shots of the shark swimming, yeah, that's a real shark. But then when it opens its mouth and you can kind of see it bouncing as it opens its mouth, uh, because it's all, you know, ro- robotics and, and it, it, it does take a little bit away, but you know, having seen it recent or close to the time it came out, you still have that feeling of, well, this is awesome. It's jaws. It's still cool. Uh, yeah. And and Yoda the puppet doesn't look as ridiculous to you when you saw it in 1983, as opposed to when you see him in Phantom Menace and he's a puppet and he looks terrible. I um, uh, see. Like the uh, let's let's start Star Wars because Star Wars is probably the best subject for this because sure the original four so episodes four five and six I honestly don't have any complaints with. Any of the practical effects, right? I, I I loved Yoda in it. I loved R two D two, C three PO. You name it. Like it looked, it felt real. Yeah. You know, it felt accurate, even though it was puppeteering and and costumes and such. Then you take the completely opposite side of the spectrum with episodes one, two, and three. So like Phantom Menace and Clone, all those. It's, um, I mean. One, I mean, we got to take out the side that just the writing and the acting is just horrible, but <laughs> it's, it's too bright. It's too clean. Like it, it doesn't feel natural at all. When you see the entire landscape is CGI and Yoda is now CGI and he's bouncing around and spinning like he's an acrobat in the Olympics. Like it, it was too much. So you've got two polar opposites. One totally worked, one totally didn't. And then now you've got this new wave of Star Wars coming out, like um, Rogue One and Force Awakens. I'm mixing things up. Um, <laughs> where where um, you get a little bit of both, and it's starting to look good again. I think know? part of what, what – the storytelling and the chronological aspect of it is kind of weird with Star Wars because you watch 4, 5, and 6, which takes place after 1, 2, and 3, obviously. But it's done in a time where cinematography was much different back then. And they had to use models and practical uh, you know, guys in costumes with giant you know, latex masks and things like that uh, to make their creatures and their monsters. But then you also have the aspect of the fighting style of the Jedi. It's very slow. It's very... Uh, you know, fencing almost. It's not as much flipping and jumping around like you see in the in the prequels. And and for the, the like the the fan who knows the story, like how do you explain that? Like how do you explain why isn't Luke able to force jump? You know, super high and do these super flips and stuff like that. You know, um, like you see Anakin doing, or even even Obi Wan or Sam Jackson for you know Mace Windu and Yoda, of course. Um, I mean, do you just like rely on, well, they're not as strong. He, Luke isn't as strong in the force as the others, or do you, you know, obviously Vader is, is injured, so he can't be as swift as he used to be. But, um, I, I just, that kind of takes away from the story because now what do you do with the new movies? Like, can, is Ray going to be able to flip around and be super crazy Jedi, you know, cause she's, well, she is super Ray. Obviously she learned the Jedi force powers pretty quickly. And that's, that, that's a joke <laughs> by the way. Well, you know what, though? I think, again, that's where I think that they're doing a really good job is that the fight scenes aren't exaggerated. And I think that was the, that's another one of those epic fails with those episodes one, two, and three is that it was 
too much. Like you don't need to see Yoda doing 50 spirals in the air to hit the sword once, you know, like it's, it's great to have like the fast swords play and all that, you know, and I love the action shots, but yeah, four, five, and six, a little slow, but I think with like the latest ones, it's a good mix in between. Like there's a lot better skillsmanship, you know, on, on in- how that it's done. Right. It'll be interesting on what decisions Ryan Johnson's made because he's not JJ Abrams. He's a different style director. And as far as I can remember in his, you know, line of work, this is probably the biggest studio film he's ever, I mean, not probably it's star Wars. It's the biggest studio film he's ever done. <laughs> but at the same time, none of his movies really lend to creature work or anything like that. He's more of a, a, a low budget type guy. I mean, uh, Looper is probably his bigger, biggest like budget movie. And that's sci-fi, but not too much special effects. It's, you know, you're going in through time and that's the storyline. It's not really the, the, the world. Um, that he has to create. So with this, like, you know, JJ Abrams does the creature work. He's done Star Trek. He did kind of the same thing with the Star Trek stuff. Um, and then you look at it now with the Star Wars, he did a lot of creature work. Look at Simon Pegg's character is all, you know, prosthetics and giant suits that he had to wear in the hot uh, sun of wherever they were. I keep forgetting <laughs> Tanzania or whatever. I can't remember where they film Star Wars all the time, but they always have to worry about the wind and the sandstorms. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that's any different. But I, I look at, I go to Jurassic Park versus Jurassic World because that's not too far apart. It's what twenty years. Yeah. So like that. How like revolutionary Jurassic Park was because they had dinosaur robots, and that you know that giant T Rex head looked amazing, and even some of the ra- the raptors, even though they were CGI, they were. It was it was fairly new CGI. I mean, this again was like Lucas Lucasfilm or whatever. And yeah, but still, you go back and watch the original Jurassic Park, and it still looks good. Sure, it holds up absolutely. Um, you can you, sh- you can always tell when there's CGI. I mean, that's that that's you're, it, I don't think it's ever going to be that seamless. But then you look at like the Raptors of Jurassic World, and while it should look better, and it does, they're brighter, there's better color, but uh, you, you can clearly tell that those raptors are CGI, and it it does take away a little. It didn't for me. I love that movie, and I know Jenny didn't, but uh, <laughs> I, I love that movie. Too. <laughs> it was stupid, but I love the movie. It's so much fun. Yeah, but then you look at like even not just Jurassic Park, but like The Lost World or even Jurassic Park Three, and how different the CGI. Because then it's just the Jurassic, The Lost World at least was still story driven. Except a T Rex running through Los Angeles or San Diego. I mean, whatever. But uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park three was just let's make some more money. You know, that's all that was. Let's let's milk this franchise for all it's worth. And they really sucked the life out of it with that one. But it's it's interesting though because it like I was saying it it is a tool and some people really like to play with their new toys when they don't need to all the time mm-hmm. and. When it comes to money, that's that's another one of the deciding factors is they can do it cheap, they can do it fast if they use CGI, whereas if they use CGI only where they need it or where only where it's beneficial and use practical effects, you have a much better aesthetic scenery, you know, and right. and storyline. It's kind of like 
but you also have to kind of excuse the fact that a lot of these movies are learning as they're doing it, you know, like through, you know, the late nineties and, and early two thousands, everybody was doing CGI to the point of insanity, but they were learning as they did it. And I, I kind of going to use Peter Jackson as the example, the original Lord of the Rings, the first three are awesome. They're amazing. And the CGI in there, I have no complaints, but with that, they had people in costumes as orgs and you know, they did a mixture of both. They knew when to use the CGI and when not to. And then when the Hobbit movies came along, they had a whole new realm of technology that they got to play with. And I think some of it worked and some of it didn't. Like I, I watched the new Hobbit movies and I don't have that same feeling as I have when I watched the Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings isn't so shiny, I guess. I know that's a horrible way of, of putting it, but the CGI orgs in the Hobbit are horrible. Like I, I, they totally pulled me out of the movie. And then even the skylines, like the clouds in the sky there, they were just, it was too much. Whereas in the original ones, the original Lord of the Rings, they looked realistic, you know, or right. they were real. But with that though, in making those movies, the amount of knowledge that studios picked up because of it. So it, it's kind of, again, it's, it, there's not a balance there. It's, it's an extreme, mm -hmm. but it was an extreme done by a really talented, you know, creator. People now are stealing and borrowing from that knowledge and applying it to their movie. So we'll see that whole realm. And we, we've seen it now of people still borrowing off of that and using it way too much just because it's their new toy. Right. But you'll get it as it goes out. You'll start seeing people really perfect the art of when to use it and when not to use it. If right. that makes sense. Sure. I think uh, we can kind of take a step back and talk about the arguments for and against each thing and which why some people think one is better opposed to the other. So, like, the main argument, I would say, for practical effects is that the actor is playing off something real. It's there in front of them and they can react accordingly. Whereas the CGI acting is here's a tennis ball on a pole. This is where the T-Rex the is going to be. Now be scared. So <laughs> it's like, it requires more work from the actor, which is maybe a good thing because, or it could be a bad thing depending on the quality of an actor. Um, but then when you go to the other side of it and you go CGI versus practical effects, the advantage of CGI is we get to see more things that weren't actually there. They could, like I say with Mad Max Fury Road, they can add more to the scenery Without making it all, you know, actors on in a, in a green screen room. Um, this is they're still out on the landscape, but we're just adding depth to that that image. We're adding more volcanoes or more birds in the sky to make it look, you know, apocalyptic because the birds are flying away from this giant wave or whatever. Um, that's the 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 advantages of CGI. But then you you know you go to the the negative side of practical effects is. Well, that clearly looks like a robotic shark. I am not. I'm not afraid of that. Why should I be afraid of that? Or the negatives of CGI is that looks like a cartoon. Like you look at Avatar, and it's like a half live action computer game. You, right. You got this live action aspect, but then the rest of it is just one big CGI film, like you know, Final Fantasy, Advent Children, or <clears throat> or like a Pixar movie almost. 
Um, and that, that's that's an extreme, but or or like even further back to like the Mummy Returns, and you saw the Rock as the Scorpion King. Like that oh, was gosh. some of the worst CGI ever. <laughs> uh, I can remember seeing was, that and I just think, laughing. I think that's on. I think that's on like the top ten worst CGI things. Um, but again, I mean, even in the examples that you you just said, there's there's pros and cons to them. Like the Mad Max Fury Road, I think is one of those instances where they knew what they were doing and they knew how to restrain themselves. You know, they they only used it to embellish instead of it being the main focus. Whereas, you know, going back to the first three episodes of Star Wars, the entire set is CGI. So it's just a bunch of green screen. It's like, no, they used it too much. I think it's a case-by-case situation. It's the same with practical effects, too. I mean, Jaws was amazing until you actually saw the shark. So thank God that shark didn't work half the time. Because that's what makes the makes the movie so awesome. Right. Yeah, for those that don't know the Jaws story is the reason they went to more ominous not showing the creature is because it failed so many so many times uh in the water. Um so yeah. Yeah, it it, it didn't work well. No. <laughs> but it still made one of the most iconic movies of all time. Well, you know what though? So here's here's a good argument because I, I've had this argument with quite a few people and I haven't seen the movie yet. So I don't really have a, you know, firsthand opinion of it, but just from what I've seen so far, world of Warcraft, that almost entire movie looks CGI. I think though, I personally think it works because it's based off of a video game. So the movie feels as though you're going through the game. People though, hated it because they're like, oh, the CGI in it is horrible. Well, I think part of that is, I don't know, it's it's not meant to be just a, a computer game, like, cutscene movie, essentially. Because if I want to see a cutscene movie, I'll watch, I'll play a game. Because then I at least get to take part in it, you know? Um, I understand, again, I didn't see it either, so I have no idea uh, how bad it looks. But what about Beowulf back in 07? That was all motion capture CGI. Again, though, I think that, like, I think Beowulf was one of them that was needed because, like, they have a new toy. They tried something completely new because there wasn't a movie that, out at, uh, as of that time, that was completely primarily CGI. And it wasn't bad, but it's dated. You watch it now, and it's like you can tell it's old technology. And that's the biggest thing is how will these span in time? You know, how will you, how will they hold up 20 years from now? I think ones like Mad Max will hold up because you don't pay attention to the rocks. It's just sort of subconsciously there. Like you register it as scenery. Whereas Beowulf, you'll look at it and like, oh, that's really bad because it's, because it's progressed so much since then. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, you look at it, and you, that's not Ray Winstone. That's a CGI version of Ray Winstone. I mean, it, it's... That's not Angelina Jolie. Well, right. <laughs> I don't think she's supposed to look... Because uh, I, 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 I saw it once, and I just remember not liking it. Yeah, well, it also goes into the storyline was not good. So, 
Well, that's that's the thing, and we're going to get on a tangent here for a second, but making those, or trying to do those epic movies now doesn't work out. Like uh, Clash of the Titans, or the second Titans movie, (laughs) I don't remember what it was called. Um, Or what was the recent one they did um, with the chariot race? Uh, Ben-Hur. Oh, gosh. And yeah, no Ben Nobody went and saw that movie, and it's just I don't, something about that style of movie it just doesn't work anymore. Like, although I did like Troy a lot, and I was hoping for kind of more Troy stories, but I, I don't know. Though, anyway, that's again a different topic. Um, it, but it, 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 again, like it, it, it's all in the execution. You can't say that CGI is bad and practical expect effects are the good thing or practical effects are bad and it's all in the execution and it really depends on who's making it and the storyline that they're basing it off of um you shouldn't do that but people are doing that that's why we're doing this (laughs) because people are cgi is better no 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 practical effects are better well practical effects are better because they're cheaper but but are they really like that's that's the the thing we're running into right now which is why we did this this episode is because I think, you, again, we're just beating a dead horse at this point, but it's... Oh, I just ruined everything I just did. Um, but uh, uh, it's just finding that balance. Well, here's here's another here's another argument, and I, I don't know enough about this to, to speak knowledgeable about it, but I've heard a lot of people really complain because, like with CGI, like, um, what was it called? Life of Pi? Is that the one with the tiger? Yeah. Almost... All the CGI was done offshores for really cheap, like super cheap. Um, and that's it's easier. It's it's much easier for a studio to pay a programmer or like a, a digital artist than it is to build a set. So it makes sense. But then you get the people who build the sets going, yeah, but I can't find work now. Or even now with CGI that it's becoming more and more popular here in the States, people are like, I've got to move to another country. So there's there's weird kind of union things and, and not even job just, creation. Right, not even just set guys or prop guys, it's even stunt doubles are losing work. Yeah. Because, oh, we don't need to rig up a stunt guy to pretend like he's flying. We can just CGI whoever is but flying. But on the... On the opposite, though, like there's also the whole thing where it makes it safer, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember where I was going to go with this, but I think there's a lot of things in cinema that we wouldn't actually get to see if not for CGI uh, that we maybe want to see, like the you know. You look at Superman 1 and seeing him fly, and you can pretty much tell how fake it looks because it's just a guy almost laying on a platform <laughs> with, with his cape blowing in, in a fan. And then you look at Man of Steel or even BVS, and uh, he at least looks like he's he's flying, even though he's a little more animated than we'd want him to be, but... Okay, here's another one. Did you see, get to see Captain America Civil War? Yes. Okay. The biggest complaint that comes out of that movie is, especially from Matt from Two Broke Geeks, is the look of Spider-Man. 
he didn't understand why they had to CGI Spider-Man all the time and not use a guy in a costume. And for me, I mean, there's certain scenes where, yeah, definitely he could be just a dude in a costume sitting on top of that car after he steals Captain America's shield. It totally could. But I think at the same time, they kept that such a secret for as long as they could that they filmed it so quick to the end of production. They didn't have time to rig up a costume that looked good enough that was going to be in the movie uh, that comes after this. They just wanted to get him in there as quick as possible, so they made him animated. And to me, it didn't look bad. It didn't look cartoony. It didn't. You could tell it was a CGI and not a real guy. But at the same time, it didn't take away from the entertainment. I wasn't just sitting in the theater like, oh, this looks like garbage. It looks like a cartoon. Because he was. But that's like that's like saying you know. I, I see. That's another. That's a completely other argument that we should totally get into is the actor's side, because you you take like the the actor just did voice acting for that because it's a CGI Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But then that's not always a hundred percent true because look at Andy Serkis. It's like, wow, you know, and he's just in a motion capture suit, right? So I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with Matt, but I also kind of agree with you is that they could have used the CGI, but when he's on top of the car, it's, it's a studio. They can find time to get a costume made and all that and do it right. I mean, that's, I know everybody's under a tight deadline and stuff, but for something that minute, like a costume and an actor, they already had the actor cause they were doing the voiceovers and such. And they could have shot that on a different day. I don't know if that would necessarily be the reason why they went all CGI. But if they have, if they, they still need an actor, you know, they need an actor that works with the artist. So, and that's why Circus is so good. That's why, you know, Planet of the Apes and, and Gollum and all that, you know, him as Caesar is, is still some, some amazing acting, but Caesar is a computer generated image. Right. And so is his character in force awakens. Yeah. Uh, this hologram person that would, no one knows who he is yet and will likely remain entirely CGI because there's so much facial damage and he's like this thin looking person. Well, Andy Serkis is no real big guy. He did look like a big guy in Civil War, or not in Civil War, in uh, Age of Ultron, when he actually got to play a real person. <laughs> I wonder how many people even knew that that was him. That, you know. Not many. He's, uh, and that's the other thing, too, is that guy deserves an Oscar nomination, because he is great, but they don't take him seriously because he's CGI. That's my opinion. I, I think they completely shun him for the simple fact that, well, it's a computer that made that. No, it's it's him that made that. The computer just put a nice dressing over top of it. Uh, so are you hearing me, Oscars? You guys are failing. He deserves an Oscar nomination. They don't care. They don't listen to anybody. They don't. I know. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, he just, didn't he just play, uh, wasn't he in Jungle Book? I don't know. I haven't seen Jungle Book yet, but so here's that's another good one to talk about because um, it's when they they I saw the previews like the scenery looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. The cast is amazing, but you see some things of like the snake and 
the tiger and it it looked bad to me because it didn't look real at all. So that kind of shied me away. But now everybody I know who's seen it is like, I love the Jungle Books. And I'm like, all right. Wait. Okay. So I'm looking at, I was looking at Andy Serkis's Wikipedia and it says Jungle Book 2018. There, like, I'm not like losing my mind. There was just the Jungle Book, wasn't there? Yeah. What is the difference with this movie and that one? Because this is a whole different, like, Andy Serkis is playing Baloo. Christian Bale is Bagheera. Benedict Cumberbatch is Sheer Khan. Kate Blanchett is Ka. Like, what am I missing here? And Rohan uh, Chand is Mogwai. Mogli, excuse me, Mogli. Uh, what what am I missing here? What? <laughs> that is, are you sure? Oh yeah, because it. I mean, it's out on DVD now. Yeah, uh, but it's a totally different cast. This was supposed like, to be called Jungle Book Origins, <laughs> uh, which is a terrible. Andy Circus is directing this too. Weird. I don't get what's happening here. We're going to get two Jungle Book movies? Like, I know Disney did this other one that just came out with John John Favreau directed, right? Right. That's the one that I was looking up right now, because that's got, like, Ben Kingsley and Bill the, Murray and such. Right. Giancarlo Esposito, Scarlett Johansson, Idris Elba. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, because Blue is is Bill Murray, right? In the the one that just came out. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Is this supposed to And Idris Elba. Idris Elba plays... um. Uh, Khan, Shere Khan. Right, and doesn't Scarlett Johansson play the, the snake? Uh, yeah, Ka. Yeah. Big... Okay, so here, here's yeah. the thing. Anyway. So I, just, yeah. I just brought up, I just brought up the IMDb for Jungle Book, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this imagery of the bear and the tiger and the orangutan and the snake, and it's beautiful. Want to know what ruins it? The kid. The kid. i don't i don't think should he have been animated well right i don't i don't i cannot think of a single instance where i mean doing an animal or doing a custom creature right i think Mm -hmm. works fine but humans do not translate well into cgi it's kind of going back to the beowulf thing avatar avatar yeah it's but the kid is sitting on the tree and I'm just like going, it looks like a really bad art drawing. So is he supposed to be like, like Beowulf or he's animated or is he supposed to be real? I think he's supposed to be real, right? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but why didn't they just get a kid to play that? Yeah, it looks like it's live action. So he's live action. He's obviously not live action in their poster. Maybe it's a, one of those, like, uh, adapted posters where they kind of make him a little more animated. Like, you know, they kind of make it more arty. They do that. Why would you? Why? Yeah, but it, it doesn't make sense. In I don't know. Situation. Why Why do they ever do it? Like, well, the Star Wars posters, they're like drawings. Yeah, but they're like paintings. Like, right. This, like. You said it's on IMDb. I'm looking it up. I got to see what you're looking at. This is just great podcasting. <laughs> I know, I know. Go to imdb.com and look up the Jungle Book. And they've got this huge one that says, on Blu-ray on August 30th. Uh, oh, Disney you know, you know who's on the front page? Is There's a picture of your, your your man. I have a lot of men. From Walking Dead. <laughs> Ooh, Skarsgård. No, The Walking Dead. 
Oh, Walking Dead. Oh, is it Jesus? No, the other one. Oh, Negan? Yeah. Oh, all right. See, I have a lot of men. You you can you can get I was thinking True Blood because I was also thinking Tarzan because we're talking Jungle Book and for right. some reason Tarzan and Jungle Book for some reason go hand in hand with me. So these are these are real animals though. The kid looks horrible. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> stop stop insulting this child. <laughs> this poor child. Uh before we move on, they're doing a sequel already. Uh, 2019 or 18. I don't know why. More adventures in the jungle. I guess I I was never a Jungle Book fan to begin with as a kid, but I was, I'll still see this movie. Well, now this I, now I gotta go... see if I want to see this other one too. <laughs> so this can go either way. So you can go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a movie fight. Tarzan versus Jungle Book. We can do the argument on CGI because. Jungle Book movies, primarily CGI. Uh, Tarzan movie, ton of CGI. Um, but less, go... there's there's less scars, guard abs in Jungle Book, so I think you're, I know what's going to win here. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that they CGI that because no man is that good looking. Three hundred. They did the same thing. They just spray painted <laughs> on the abs. But I'll I'll yeah, agree. I, I would I I will agree. There's no Margot Robbie in the Jungle Book. So <laughs> I don't know. Like it's uh, it's well, interesting because it's similar context because you've got like the big gorillas in Tarzan. Yeah. And then in Jungle Book, you've got the orangutan, the tiger, the panther. You know, blah blah blah. Right. Um. And even in even in Tarzan, there's a scene where Skarsgård gets down and like he's like rubbing heads with lions, you know? So there's these big CGI lions <laughs> that are like he's cuddling with. Sure. And because you know that no studio is going to put a actor next to six gigantic lions to let him cuddle with because he's part of their pack. Unless it's Siegfried um, and Roy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know it's CGI, so you you already have like preconceived notions about it. You know it's right, just like we're not going to drop a, a a theme park assistant into a tank with a gigantic dinosaur sea creature. We knew that. That's still... We knew that was fake, <laughs> but still horrific. Yeah. <laughs> the poor, the poor woman. Going back to that one, that who was the sadistic ass that did that scene? You know. Who wrote that oh. in there? Oh, yeah. Like, because all the other ones, it's always like this jerk that gets the the brutal death, you know, kind of like at the end when when uh, the bad guy gets eaten by the raptors. Uh, spoiler, well, spoiler alert, guys, sorry. <laughs> but, well, here, here's the thing that bothers me with it, is that even people die by gigantic dinosaurs and stuff like that in CGI movies all the time. It happens. But it'll be like, you'll see, like, in a distance, somebody get picked up by a pterodactyl and thrown and then eaten right mm -hmm. it's it they went through the time to give that per, that character a name an identity and then they zoomed in and followed her torture for almost a minute <laughs> they wanted to use that steady cam real bad that found footage cam oh it was seriously whoever like 
approved that scene or came up with that scene should seriously get some some help because it's so sadistic. Uh, oh, I thought it was funny. But then again, we're talking about a movie that they put the Tyrannosaurus Rex next to the food court. So, oh come on, gotta put, <laughs> gotta put it somewhere. He was locked up pretty good. You're my boy, Blue. You can't oh, insult. Yeah. You can't insult the Pratt. You can't insult the Pratt. I'm looking forward to. You already talked about it. War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the next one that's coming out. Yeah. <clears throat> Not only because it's Andy Circus, and I didn't like the the last Planet of the Apes movie, but I like the first one. The I didn't mind the last one, but the first one um, was definitely better. I'm disappointed he's playing an ape, but Steve Zahn is in this movie. I love Steve Zahn. He's a great comedy actor. I do like I do like Steve Zahn as well. Woody Harrelson plays one of the humans. And our boy Chad Rook is in this movie. Woo! Oh, man. I can't wait to see him. We're, we're so happy for that guy. He's also going to be on that new NBC show about time travel. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, oh, I don't know on NBC. I was thinking Frequency on Fox, but that's a different show on a different channel. <laughs> that's a, another movie that they're turning into a TV show. Right, right. That that old oh. chestnut that can't get the, <laughs> can't seem to get away from, and I think we can blame Buffy for that. Yeah, it happens. But okay, so going back to Planet of the Apes, though, that's what I'm saying is like you can you can complain about CGI, but I will when you have. And, and they do take it a little bit extreme. I'm not saying that Planet of the Eights is flawless. But when you get somebody like Andy Serkis doing the character, you know, doing the motion capture for it, it's a completely different animal than just creating something that looks like a character. You know, it's... Right. The If you haven't seen Planet of the Apes, Caesar the, is amazing. Like, it the facial expressions and the emotions that comes through that ape is off the charts. But again, it's a dual partnership. It's the artist that's creating it on the computer, but it's all based off Andy circus. You know, he is, he's coming through that, you know, so it all depends on how they use it. I'm, I'm just going to stay with it. I'm not, a gigantic fan of CGI, but if somebody uses it well and uses it right, it's amazing. Yeah, I agree. So please, though, just stop making movies that are just nothing but CGI and really cheaply and poorly executed because that's why we're having this conversation is that you guys did not do your job well. <laughs> right. You're tainting it for the rest of us. And, <laughs> and Chad Rook's new show is called Timeless. Timeless, and he's like on IMDb. He's the top guy on the show. He's got four episodes in, and everyone else has three. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think he's the star. I think there's a different star, but he looks like the bad guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I can't wait. Everybody likes a good bad guy. He's that's what he does a lot. Is bad guys. So and he's a human in the War for the Planet of the Apes. So I'm assuming he's a bad guy because <laughs> all humans are bad guys in eight movies, apparently. The new ones, at least. Not all. I mean, Franco was good. True, but he died. Because people are assholes. <laughs> is that how? Is, why? How did he I die? Don't know. I, I can't don't remember. remember. <laughs> I can't I remember. I can't remember how he died either. 
who is the dude in the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? The guy from uh, Jason Clark. The guy that guy's good. I like him as an actor. Who, even though and he, he wasn't an asshole, he was good. Right from Terminator Zero Dark Thirty and uh, Everest. I think he was in Everest. I still haven't seen that. Which right. is another one that I think utilizes CGI in an okay manner. Well, I think I think the the simple lamest argument is oh it's a video game it looks just like a video game why would i want to pay money to watch a movie when i could just watch a video game or just play a video game and it's like well you just had that argument when i was talking about war of the worlds that's the mentality i was saying i wasn't saying that was my argument that that, that's the mentality of why people wouldn't like it Right. I haven't even seen it. I don't want to see it because of other reasons. Because I heard it was a bad movie. I not taking the, the the CGI into effect at all. Anyway, um, now you made me forget where I was going. Oh yeah, video game thing. Like, even if it does look like a video game, the movies look better than the video games. Um, Scorpion King and Mummy Two aside. <laughs> But, I'm gonna say with Star Wars Episode One, Two, and Three aside. Well, one at least there was some practice. I mean, the, the pod racing aside from the pods, that was all real, and and the the the, the crowd. But this, they 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 made models and stuff for the. Yeah. I don't know why I'm using pod racing as an excuse for anything. That was just awful. I'm sorry. That was 30 minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. This is the first time I saw the pod race. I like the pod race. You would. I don't know what that's supposed to mean either, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. For me, it's CGI versus practical effects, it's never been that for me. It's, it's as long as I can sit down and not be taken out of the movie, I don't care. But when I look at shows that I watch, um, a show like okay, Once Upon a Time is a fantasy show on ABC about fairy tales and stuff, and I don't know why I ever got hooked on it, but I did. And maybe it's because it's the girl from House and one of the other actors I'm a fan of, too. So I started watching it and I just kept watching it. And then they brought Frozen in as soon as Frozen was huge. And I immediately, almost almost immediately got detached from the show. Uh, but the CGI and the special effects up until last season were atrocious. Like, it was terrible. Like, you could tell, like, they have no budget for this kind of thing. And even the show... Even though the show feels very Lost-like, because a lot of those people were on Lost, uh, like the creators, and the stars, too. The storyline feels very Lost, but the special effects are like Saturday morning Power Rangers. Like it's Oh, no. It's it, 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 yeah, like the, 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 the Ice Queen lived was just... It was all CGI, and she just walked around in a CGI like ice cavern. It was... Just terrible. It's hard to watch. But then you watch a show like The Flash, and he's fighting King Shark, a giant man shark. <laughs> and it works. Like, it doesn't look terrible. And every week, every week he's running around, and it's just like a bolt of lightning or like a flash of yellow. And they find a way to make it work 22 episodes every year. And Supergirl, too, even looked great flying around. That was, they had to find their footing, I think. And plus they were, you know, on CBS, so their budget was a little more restricted than it's going to be on the CW, I think. But I don't know. 
there are it does take a cgi well, you know what like you you nailed it on that i didn't really even think about tv shows um but when you were talking i just had this complete realization of one of my most annoying things ever so i'm huge black cells fan right everybody that knows me knows that black cells is definitely on my top five list and they do a really good job with with the cgi because they they film on site but they also you know have to mimic these huge epic storms in the ocean and stuff like that they do a good job but then um boardwalk empire I was watching Boardwalk Empire, and it's got a huge budget. It's HBO. It's an acclaimed show. I was watching it one day, and they like show. They were on like a like a dock, and you could see the water. And the, <coughs> it was the worst CGI I have ever seen. And I'm just sitting there going, it took me completely out of the show. I I couldn't watch it. And when you were talking about what was the what was the Once upon show a time. that you were talking. Once upon a time, that's probably your feeling of that is probably what I felt like when I was watching Boardwalk Empire going, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. But then you take Flash, which is great, and you take Black Cells, which is great. So I guess Uh, I don't don't know where I was going with that, but you totally reminded me of that because that that freaking Boardwalk Empire episode. Holy, holy bitches. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know what else there is to talk about. I feel like now I'm reaching for things to talk about, so I think we've hit on a lot of things that we wanted to, unless there's anything I'm missing that you wanted to sound off on. No, I think we're I think we're good. Um There's gonna be haters, there's gonna be lovers. <laughs> right. Let us know what you know, the best use of CGI and the worst use of CGI and same thing with practical effects, the best and worst in your opinion. So hit us up at Atomic Geekdom, let us know. Or Jenny, you're at Robbie Art. And you will want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like I said, we got some cool stuff that's going to be popping up. And you might want to subscribe to us on the YouTube. Like I said, there's some cool content that's going to be coming up there soon. And we'll hopefully keep that coming uh, as soon as more of us learn how to be better with technology. So we, can't, <laughs> we can't rely on Patrick every day. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on Patrick every day. Well, you, you, you can. <laughs> we can't. Uh, so, yeah, do all that good stuff. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Help us out a little bit if you could. If not, we'd still just enjoy your support and following and liking us and all that good stuff and subscribing. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoyed any part of this podcast or any show that we do, uh, the Geek Outs or any other topic shows. Leave us a nice review. Um that would be great. It would help us out. Tell your friends, you know, subscribe on the, the Satchel thing. If you want a better podcast catcher, Satchel is the way to go. What's cool about Satchel, and I'll do a little commercial for you. Uh, the Satchel podcast player, it's a, a great new way to get connected with the content you're listening to. So you can do things like tweet directly into our show. Or if you want to avoid Patreon, you don't really want to be listed as a producer or any of that good stuff. You can send us a few dollars to the podcast while you're listening to it. So that means right now, if you wanted to help us out, you can send us a dollar, three, four hundred, whatever. Uh, however much you feel like we're worth, maybe we owe you money. Um, you you could do that with the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a nice new podcast player. If you don't like the Android version, or if you don't like the uh, the one that comes with, iTunes, or with uh, iPhone, 
Uh, just go check it out. Um, and if you're a podcaster, you can actually register your show at satchelplayer.com. And you can actually see when you're looking for podcasts, which podcasts are coming out of your area. So like a local podcast. So sadly, even though Jenny is in LA, I can't register us as LA and Milwaukee, but uh, Milwaukee people can see us as a local podcast, I guess. Yeah. There's, I figure there's a million podcasts in LA. So I, I did Milwaukee instead. I like it. I like it. And uh, then us, us here in LA, we can just pretend that we're, we're Midwestern. You're still local to us. <laughs> so, Aw, thank there, you. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. That is our show this week. And Jenny is here. We forced her onto the podcast, even though she's exhausted. So she does get the last word of the week. And Jenny, that last word, I'm talking a lot, so you can start thinking about it, is... Butthead. <laughs> <laughs>